0: I'm going to put in my headphones.
1: Perfect. Oh, and then one other suggestion is get as close to the mic as you can. Just start making out with the mic. Okay.
0: All right, I guess we can start.
1: Three, two, one.
0: You're listening to the Paula and Jay Money Show. We'd rather be at a bar with you right now, but this is the next best thing. It's Financial Freedom Time with Paula Pant and Jay Money. Hey, Jay. Hello, Ms. Paula P. How are you on this fine, beautiful day?
1: Uh, it's freaking cold, man.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, it's cold out in the in the middle of the Mojave Desert where I am. How How is it over on the East Coast?
0: It's nice and warm, and it's actually awesome today. Do you know why? Why is that? Because you can probably hear my voice crystal clear, right? You, you could be a phone
1: sex operator. <laughs>
0: yes, I can. <laughs> that was horrible yes guys maybe maybe you couldn't (laughs) we fixed my mic i didn't have the stupid thing connected right on all these shows that we recorded so if you're wondering why it sounds so good now it's because i freaking hit a switch and and it man it's amazing the quality the difference of quality (laughs) oh it drives me crazy that's like numbers so anyone out there that wants to start a podcast look for the switch that connects it with skype that's that's the best tip in the world (laughs) oh my gosh it's crazy but, yes, it's a beautiful day. I'm ready to talk money and have fun and, well, and
1: you know i'm I'm glad that we caught that microphone issue now rather than like at episode one hundred.
0: Oh my gosh, can you imagine?
1: yeah, do you want to hear about a stupid thing that I did on my blog?
0: Yeah, I like stupid things. <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself.
1: all right, so there's this program that I use. It's called sumo me um, and it's it's this program that allows readers to subscribe to my email list, right? So when you go to my blog, and you see those, you know, those annoying little pop ups that are like, you know, join the email list, it's free, we'll send you updates. Yes, behind the scenes, that's powered by this, this piece of software. The way that it's supposed to work is that you link that piece of software to your email distribution program. Because the thing is, when you have an email list, you, you can't just – I can't just email 20,000 people from a Gmail account, right? So mm-hmm. you use an email distribution program like in my case, AWeber, but you know you could use MailChimp or whatever, a bunch of companies out there. And what you're supposed to do is link the two. Well, uh, oh, I collected a bunch of email addresses and by a bunch I mean about 2,000 <laughs> through SumoMe and then didn't link it to AWeber. And so for months, these email addresses just sat in the SumoMe database. And these people, all these people, 2,000 people who's tried to subscribe to my blog –
0: weren't getting emails for some of them. So all their money, they were going in debt and everything because you weren't helping. (laughs) That's the bad news, Paula. You need to stop being a blogger now. I know,
1: right? Like all these people, they tried to subscribe and they just, and then it was crickets. Like they never heard from me because I just, I didn't realize that I was supposed to link the two. I like, I somehow missed that memo. Um, so yeah. And you know what the, the, kind of really stupid part is is that I was watching my subscriber stats and they were going down um hmm. And I had just delivered a speech at FinCon, which is like the industry conference for finance bloggers. I just delivered the speech called How I Tripled My Email Subscribers. And immediately after that, that's when this thing happened. So instantly, of course, my subscribers start to plummet because they're not being linked to Aweber. Uh, and geez. so I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm being punished for hubris. <laughs> you know? It's <laughs> a
0: good SAT word.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I I, fortunately I caught it because I every now and again I go through and and subscribe to my own blog so that I can go through that experience and see what the readers are seeing and like tweak it and make improvements. And so I subscribed to my own blog and then I never got the confirmation email saying like, hey, please confirm that you want to be a subscriber.
0: Wow.
1: And and that was how I caught it.
0: Is it fixed now?
1: It's fixed, yeah. But I had to send an email to 2,000 people being like, I'm so sorry. Please love me.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> See? So that goes to show, even if you do this stuff full time for a living, <laughs> yeah, you still mis- make big, big ass mistakes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. We suck today.
1: We totally. Actually, did.
0: we're good today because we fixed two big problems.
1: We did. Yes. Yes. Jay's voice sounds great. And, uh, and you can actually subscribe to AffordAnything.com now.
0: I love it. What
1: are we going to cover today, Jay?
0: How you go from nothing or side income to full-time. I, no, let me take the bat. I want to go how, how you quit your job to pursue a career that you actually care about.
1: How to transition from some small side hustle that you're doing on the side to something that is full-time.
0: Yeah, because I think a lot of people either think that they have to keep the job or keep improving their job, you know, like moving up the corporate ladder. But there's a lot of ways that you can – like there's a lot of jobs out there, for example, blogging or podcasting that you could do that you could sustain a a, a living off of that's kind of outside the norm, you know. Um, And you and me both, like you with your real estate, with all your other hustling on the side – you know me mainly with blogging and consulting. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've been able to figure out how to make enough to survive, and then you know save some too. Right. So just to backtrack too, like I was—I've never considered myself an entrepreneur. I, I guess my whole life I kind of just job-hopped and just did what I thought I was supposed to do and prayed I got lucky. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did get lucky when I stumbled across the blogging scene, and and that took off. But I never knew that there were other ways to live besides working a nine-to-five. right? Um, and I, and I, I did crazy things on the side. Like I worked at like a stamp factory and I washed car, like wrecked cars. Like I did a lot of side stuff, mm-hmm. but I never thought that you can actually have a full-time job doing that.
1: Right, for you, that was literally just stuff that you were doing on the side for beer money.
0: Yes, yes.
1: By the way, for the sake of the listeners who are not acquainted with the word hustle and get this idea that like hustling means that you're selling drugs on the street corner, what is a hustle? Are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> I, so I like to ask questions where I, I already know the answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and you're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ramble off something, and you're gonna like say it in like five perfect words. And make,
1: <laughs> oh God, the pressure's
0: on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, in a nutshell, a hustle is a way to make money on the side. Except, I would add that it's more, more like, I, I guess for me, like it just being like a side hustle and a side job. Is that a hustle is usually something more you're passionate about or more fun or more creative maybe than just like doing it purely for the money. Mm. Even though I bet you if you looked it up online, like it would say like a a hustle is a side job. Mm. Why? What's your take?
1: Uh, I've always thought of a hustle as a micro business. What? (laughs) Yeah,
0: we were way different.
1: (laughs) No, I've thought I think of a hustle as like a micro business. So... And I say micro business in that it's not—you're not trying to start the next Airbnb, at least not initially. You know, you're not going out and getting venture capital for it and bringing on co-founders and talking to angel investors. It could be something as simple as
0: walking dogs.
1: Yeah, walking dogs, having a lemonade stand. You know, freelance writing—the the adult equivalent of a lemonade stand, which is freelance writing. Um, or freelance graphic design or freelance helping people with their websites or cutting hair or any kind of like small little business that you, that you create on the side. And eventually over time, if you want to, that hustle could become your full-time job. And then eventually over time, if you really wanted to scale up, a hustle can be scalable. It can be the next Airbnb. But in its infancy, uh, it's a micro business. It's a hustle.
0: Interesting. So, what if you worked like at a movie theater, for example? Like, like, all right, like you have a full time job, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, oh, I need extra money for beer or to pay down my debt, right? I have student loans, and I'm gonna go get a side job. Oh, the movie theater is hiring. I love watching movies for free. I'm gonna go work there. In your case, that's not a micro business.
1: Well, actually, so that's interesting. So, I guess there's hustle the noun and hustle the verb, right? So, I would say that if. <laughs> If you were paying down debt, let's say and you got a job at a movie theater um I would say that you are hustling like you are hustle the verb you mm-hmm. are performing the act of hustling in order to make that extra that money sounds dirty. <laughs> I know right <laughs> aggravated counts of hustling. <laughs> So, yeah, you're hustling in order to make some extra money so that you can pay off that debt. Like, I totally admire and appreciate that. And I think that's an awesome way to pay down debt.
0: And watch movies.
1: Yeah, and watch movies. I I assume. I don't know. Do movie theater? I've never worked at a movie theater. Yes, my
0: whole family's worked at a movie theater, and they do it, and they used to give us free movies, and they'd watch free movies.
1: Oh, nice.
0: That's why they did it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I was a kid... My dr- my dream, you know, like little kids, they give them these like little booklets where you write down, every year you write down like your height and your weight and what you want to be when you grow up. Yes. And it like starts in like maybe kindergarten or first grade and it goes up until eighth, sixth grade or eighth grade. Okay. At which point you're too old for that to be cute anymore. Okay. <laughs> I was looking back through mine and I actually, my childhood dream was to work at Taco Bell. Wow, that is awesome. It's actually I even wrote I wanted to work part time at Taco Bell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because you were going to be financially free, you could do whatever you want. and that was your that was your dream.
1: <laughs> I, my dream. My dream really was just to get free taco Bell.
0: <laughs> that is awesome.
1: I was like, it's all the taco Bell I could possibly eat. What could Hell be better? Yeah.
0: That is funny. I mean, that is a good way to hustle too. If you want free stuff, you know, hell yeah. <laughs> you are too funny. So yeah. So I'd say hustle the verb
1: is like any kind of hustling that you're doing on the side in order to make some extra money. Yeah. But hustle as a noun would be a micro business.
0: Okay. That's fascinating. I never would have, I mean, yeah, it makes sense because they are two different things, but I guess, yeah, it's, it's like kind of like a not like a life, maybe a lifestyle. There, I don't know. There's some like extra oomph for the ex fat. There's something with the word hustle that like makes you more empowered or something. I don't know. I I, I like the aura that it gives though. Yeah. It's obviously, which is why I liked it for the, the name of our podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me too. You know, and I've met people who are like hustle. Doesn't that sound like dirty or sleazy or something? And I'm like, no, I, I mean, it, I guess there's some people who think that, but to me, it sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, it feels like you're moving towards something bigger or you're, you've figured it out and you're trying to do something, you know? Well, so in, in the case for for this particular show, like, I guess you wouldn't in theory, like you have a nine to five and you're side hustling at Taco Bell, mm-hmm. you know, like you're not going to like, oh, I want to quit my nine to five to hustle more at Taco Bell unless you're like, you know, trying to move up or own your own franchise or I don't even know if it's a franchise, you know, but you know what I'm saying? whereas. Yeah. For me, I guess we'll use me for an example because it's an easy one and it's stuff I could talk about. <laughs> you know, like I started a blog out of pure hobby. Mm-hmm. Then, when I realized you could make money, I thought, "Man, wouldn't that be cool if all I did was type all day in my pajamas and be a full-time blogger?" Mm-hmm. And so that was more of, I guess, a hustle in your sense of it was technically a small business because it made money now, mm-hmm. and I did it on the side, so it was a side hustle. Right. Then, when eventually I did a full-time. My side hustle became my main hustle, which became my normal job. Right. Which, by the way, <laughs> it's a lot more exciting at times on the side than it is like when your when your lifestyle depends on it. <laughs> when you like kids need money and you need to pay insurance. <laughs> yeah.
1: So let's let's talk about that. Actually, let's uh, let's talk about how you made that transition from working full-time at a job that gave you health insurance and retirement benefits yeah. to um, spit out definitions of hustle on a podcast for a living.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much to it and it's so hard because so I've been full-time. I started my blog eight years ago. I've been, quote, full-time blogging like as a career for maybe f- almost five years now. So it's been a little while, but I can tell you, you know, when you're like doing something And like I I, again, like I was a big job hopper. But when you're doing something that you're like, wow, this like is clicking with you, and it feels right, Mm -hmm. Um, and you're like, you know what, I'm gonna see how long I can go and and see what happens if you keep doing it. Yeah, you know that's how like blogging was for me. There's never been a thing in my life, to be honest with you, that like I just felt like I was on the right track. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, shit, I was like 25. Like I was, I'd done a lot, and I'd travel a lot, and done a lot, but I never really. That was the first time I just clicked, I guess. And so the more I worked on it, obviously the more it grew. And then when there was money, the more money came. And at some point, you know, you have to make the decision. Well, you know, you can't do everything. Right. So to speed up a little bit, I was my my full time job, I, I want to say it was $75,000 was my normal income. Mm-hmm. And then two years into blogging, um i think i was making and i had budgets are sexy i had a whole bunch of different sites mm-hmm. um there's a whole industry on buying and selling sites and uh, you know it's just crazy what you can learn um from online but i think i was making anywhere i think it was like 40,000 maybe 50,000 max a year on the side from the blogging stuff mm. um so so but by the time i'd left my side hustle was slowly creeping up to my full-time job yeah in a perfect world like when you do something on the side, you want it to replace like your normal income from the job you're doing that you don't want to do anymore. Right. In my head, I was like, well, I it to get to 75 so it could be even. And then I could quit my full-time job and do this full-time for a living and I won't suffer any consequences mm-hmm. financially. Uh, what ended up happening – Was that I got laid off on the same day that I went to quit, which is very good since I didn't have to make the decision all the way by myself.
1: That's nice, isn't it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was beautiful. Yeah. But my income for my blogs was, let's say, at max 50,000. Right. So I went from 75,000 to 50,000. So in my head, I was like, well, I'm close. Like I could survive off of this. I had no kids. Like my expenses were low. Mm -hmm. So the plan was. First to save money on the side, like into my savings account. Right. So I had forty thousand saved up. I was banking all the side money, mm-hmm. and so for, for the chance of one day quitting and living the dream, yeah. right. So you have to have a padding of savings in a perfect world, and your income. You should be doing your dream job on the side in conjunction with your full time. Yeah. And you should be already having a good understanding of it. So when you pull the trigger quitting your job, you know you're already in the mix, and all you're going to do is amplify it more. Right. You know, in a perfect world. You know, so I was slowly creeping up to the the full time job. I had money in savings. I was really on the fence of putting in my two weeks. I was like ninety nine percent sure I was going to do, but I was still afraid. Yeah. And then I got laid off on the same day, which was a (laughs) blessing. And so, so for five years, I've been you know full time.
1: But you took a pretty significant income drop, right? So you were making what seventy five thousand at your job. Yes. And then forty or fifty thousand through your side hustle. So in total, you were making say, $125,000, 115000 to 125000 somewhere.
0: Yeah, for that year.
1: So then your income dropped from, let's say, between the two. Let's say that your income was $120,000, and then it dropped down to like $50,000 from one hundred and twenty. That's a drop.
0: I never thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because, you're right, but it's funny because in my head, I thought I need this to be 75 so that it, I break even. Mm-hmm. And so that way I quit. It's like I never even, you know, nothing changed right. because that's what they tell you. Like, or at least that's what I've been told. Hey, if you want to do this full time, you better be able to ma- match what you're already making. Right. But you're right. It was a huge cut. And, and honestly, like when I went on my own, my wife said, look, try it out for a few months. If it doesn't work in like three months, get a full time job again. And at least you tried. Yeah. So that's all I was thinking about. Like I was just paranoid about surviving. You know, and I didn't want to waste all my savings and then have to like go back to a job and feel like a failure, you know, which happens all the time with small, like people fail all the time. And I've failed on like five other projects since the blog. I think like after month three or four, like I I remember blogging about this clearly. Like I was like, this is great. Like I've like, this is my dream now, right? Like I'm blogging full time. It's ridiculous to even say I can't believe this is like a real thing. You know, like I'm feeling blessed. And around the three to four month part, I realized, holy shit, like. I'm not even saving anything. In fact, I'm breaking even. Mm. My net worth, my growth, there's nothing happening there. Mm. Because it now makes sense, right? Because I went from 120, whatever, down to 40 or 50. And I completely, it was all extra money. And then it was completely like, I need this to live.
1: Right. Your income dropped by like 66%, roughly.
0: Yeah, you're right. So so my head was different. Um, And then I remember writing an article like, is your dream worth it? If you don't save anything, right? Think about that. Like if someone said, Paula, like, let's say your perfect dream is like writing. All you want to do is write and you'd be happy, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to save anything, but you're going to be happy working for the rest of your life. Is that worth it? You know, it's a tricky one.
1: I don't think I would be happy if I wasn't saving anything. That's the thing. For me, at least, knowing that I am saving is part part of my happiness. Wow, that sounds terrible when I say that out loud.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's an interesting question to ask yourself, too, because Paula, I mean, you know how many people bitch and moan about their job, and I did it all the time. You know, shit, I still do it now, I and mean, I love my job, right? Everyone does it. It's an interesting question, especially if you're like nowhere close to like quitting your job, right? Because everyone thinks when you work for yourself, it's all perfect. You could do whatever you want, set your own hours.
1: Yeah, it's all butterflies and unicorns and rainbows. Yeah.
0: And it's, and it, there's like a, a harsh reality to parts of it. And one to me was, A, like, not saving anymore. Mm-hmm. B, the, one of the hardest was writing like a quarterly check to pay taxes, you mm-hmm. know, cause your whole life it you know how it pulls from your paycheck. Right. You know, you don't really see it and feel it. I mean, you, you know, it's there, but you, it's just like, it's just, you're used to it. You're not
1: physically writing the check.
0: Yeah, yeah. But physically writing checks for thousands of dollars is such a mind, yeah. you know, bad word, you know,
1: <laughs> such a mind, bad word.
0: <laughs> that transition, And it was scary too. uh, like, again, like, especially, so I guess, and I know I'm like kind of rambling here, Mm -hmm. but if you're young, and especially if you don't have many responsibilities, and you have the opportunity to chase a dream, whether it's self-employment, whether it's starting your business, whatever it is, oh, man, like, please give it like good consideration and try it so you don't think later and look back and just so pissed at yourself that you did not you know?
1: You know what? That's a good question. What do you think? Let's imagine an alternate universe in which you... Hadn't gotten laid off. Okay. And let's say that you stayed at that job for all of this time, these these past five years. And you're still working at that job. By this point, you would have gotten a couple of promotions. The company's doing really well. Still got your blog on the side. You know, let's say that you're making 200000 now, you know, like, but
0: still at this job. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I, no, because well, a that job actually went under. Like,
1: yeah, but well, I'm <laughs> like saying all, all, alternate universe, the, yeah, the yeah, job yeah. didn't go under, and the company was still alive and thriving.
0: Yeah, so here's what I realized, which prompted me to to also go on my own. Like, a I wanted to be a full time blogger because I thought it'd be fun, mm-hmm. but also I was working like 80 hours a week because you had the full time, yeah. and then to be able to make money online like takes a lot of work, right? You know, as you know. And so that's where like my wife's like, look, like you're kind of starting to burn out and you're doing two full-time jobs. Like which one are you going to quit? You can't keep going this way, you know? So like my health, if I had gone that way, my health, my lifestyle, everything, regardless of the money, would have just been blah. Right. And, and, you know, and even like the blog stuff, right? Like there's weeks where I'll spend 80 hours now, but, but mostly maybe 40 nowadays now that I have kids, to be successful on your own, it takes a lot of mental energy and confidence and right. There's like so many days where like I don't want to work or do anything, but no one else is going to do it for me. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, so I think there's it comes to a point where like all the money in the world doesn't really matter. It's more about like your lifestyle. So I wouldn't have been able to do it. But even now, like looking back, I, I don't know, I guess I just I just know that it was really good that I got laid off. It really forced me to go after what I really wanted deep down inside. And I was kind of Chicken a little bit, even though I've been like saving towards it. Yeah. You know, it was still hard to do on my own.
1: Yeah. It's psychologically very difficult to to let go of that security blanket. And I know in your case you got laid off, so that helped. But how did you you were already prepared to like deal with that psychological hurdle. How were you preparing for that?
0: Besides the savings, I I, I think it was really just the the micro goals. Like my wife saying you have three months. Mm-hmm do your best at the end of three months if you're not happy or doing bad like you have to start looking for jobs again Mm -hmm. you know because it's really easy to jump back in the market and try and get a job now whether you get it or not is like obviously a different thing Mm -hmm. if you get laid off the first thing everyone does is they look for another job right and that's like how you're used to doing it so to like prevent that from happening it was just really strange you know but i had the three-month goal and that helped. And it helped that I knew that what I wanted was to blog full-time so I could work 15, 16 hours a day and it was worth it until I got over that hump of knowing if this was full-time or not. Right. Because that's another thing, right? Like self-employed people, regardless of what you do, like like most of them are workaholics. Yeah. I mean, because that's the way it is. It just takes a lot of work. you know. Now, fortunately, we like the work, but it's still, you're working. So you do take a hit on your lifestyle, like partying and going out and hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And it becomes a matter of which one what's important to you right now.
1: And I will say for the listeners who are getting scared off by this, it's not like that forever. You know, you you work crazy hours in the beginning while you're building that initial momentum. But then after a while, you can like hire people and create systems. And, you know, you, you front load the workload so that later you can chill out.
0: Yeah. And that's a very good point. It's actually very similar to building wealth. Like you get that nugget going in the beginning yeah. and get the system going and then it's yeah, less work down the road for even better rewards. Yeah, yeah you're right. And that's the decision that I made. Like, hey, this first year is going to be hard. I'm probably not going to see my friends as much and I'm probably going to be stressed out like crazy, which I was. But once you hit, once you get over it and get used to it, you know, life turns – it just becomes normal life just like, you know, your life before. Yeah. Um, you know, but but I very well could have failed or hated it, right? Because at your 9 to 5, like, as much as people hate being at some place at a certain time, it forced you to do your work or at least to get into the office and pretend to do your work, you know? <laughs> like, you could – man, that – oh, that was another thing, Facebook, that I noticed. Mm-hmm. When I was working, so many people on Facebook, even me, a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like you. everyone does it and you waste a little time. But you don't realize until you go to work for yourself, like how much of a waste of time it is. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? When I got home and I was and I was on Facebook, I was like, I'm not doing my work and, and no one could do it for me. And I wasn't getting paid because I was on Facebook. Right. Whereas at work, you still get paid, but you can still be on Facebook. So that was like a biggest where I goofed off more and admittedly did blog stuff while I was at work too. Right. That change of like now all your time, like if you're spending time working on it, And you're doing good. Any second you're not working on your stuff is bad in terms of the business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I installed uh, this thing called the Facebook News Eradicator. It's awesome. It blocks my face, the news feed from me. So if I go to Facebook, (sighs) I can't see the news feed. Like in that space, in that center column.
0: Oh, my God. I love that. It's
1: amazing. That center column where the news feed is supposed to appear the thing that it's, it's blank except for an inspirational quote.
0: Oh my gosh. That's why you never respond to me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because, because when you're, when you have a business, odds are you're on Facebook for your business, right? Right. And you're going in there to share something or whatever. You don't want to be sucked in. Right. So that's brilliant. That's a really smart creation. <laughs> Good one, Paula. I like that. Well, Thank
1: you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I mean, I just literally deleted my face, my personal Facebook account. It took too much time. And I, you know, that's a whole other thing. But
1: yeah, I like rarely use my personal Facebook account anymore. Like I use it for like big life announcements. Like, hey, we moved to the other side of the country and that's about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no more stalking or anything you're doing, I guess. huh?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so that's my like brief background of how I, you know, went from full time to, to working for myself full time. And, and what about you, Paul? Like, how did you... Like you, you've talked about it a little bit, but how did you get from working for someone else to working for yourself? And and what what? How old were you? Like how did that kind of look?
1: So my story is a little unusual because what most people, who I think, have stories that are similar to yours, in that you were working full time, building a business on the side, and then once your side business had some proof of concept, then you quit your full time day job in order to take the leap into self employment. I took a weird route. Um, I used to be a reporter at a newspaper, a very small newspaper out in, in Colorado. It was fun. I enjoyed the work. I wasn't getting paid much. My starting salary was 21000 By the time I quit, I was making 31000 And during that time, so when I was in college, let me just take a step back real quick. When I was in college, my dream was to study abroad. I'd always wanted to do that. But the study abroad programs in college were incredibly expensive, fifteen to $20,000 for a single semester. And so I thought about that, and I realized, I don't actually want to study. I just want to go abroad. <laughs> I decided that what I would do is graduate, work for a couple of years just to save up some money, and then go travel abroad for, for a little while. And that's exactly what I did. I graduated from college in 2005. I worked from 2005 to 2008, earning you know between 21 dollars to $31,000 at my day job during that time. In April 2008, I quit my job. And at that point, I had uh, about $25,000 saved up. Now, how did I save up that money, given that I was earning so little? Well, while I was working full time, I was uh, writing freelance, kind of hustling on the side, writing freelance articles. At that point, it wasn't meant to be a full time career. It was just my way of earning extra money so that I could stash that money into a travel fund. As I was doing that, I began to see that my hourly rate as a freelance writer was substantially higher than my hourly rate at my day job, like $31,000 a year. That's That's $15.50 an hour, if you divide that out.
0: Yes, but you're getting paid to be on Facebook.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is true. (laughs) Yeah, so that is regardless of my level of productivity, I'm making $15.50 an hour. You know, if you assume 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. Whereas when I was writing freelance articles, I was at that time making between $50 to $100 an hour. So it was, you know, substantially more money for, you know, granted, it was only a few hours a week. But it right. was, yeah, I could see right then and there that there was a lot of potential in that, but I wasn't interested in pursuing it full time because I wanted to go travel, so two thousand and eight, I quit my job I have twenty five thousand in the bank, I fly to Cairo on a one way ticket, and oh for the next <laughs> for the next uh just shy of two and a half years, it was i think twenty eight months maybe twenty seven twenty eight months somewhere around there. I just sort of traveled i I went from Cairo from Egypt. To Israel, to India, uh, through Nepal, then over to, to that, the Southeast Asia circuit. So I traveled through Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam, and Myanmar, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, blah, 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 blah. You get the idea.
0: That's not a lot of places. <laughs> you should have done more, Paula.
1: You know, I actually, I, I agree with you. It's one of those, the more you travel, the more you realize how little you've seen. People are like, you've been to so many places. And I'm like, no, I haven't. I've never been to Albania. <laughs> you know, I've never been anywhere in Eastern Europe. I haven't been to Macedonia. I haven't been to Bosnia Herzegovina. Like, there's so much of the world I haven't seen. But anyway, that's it's a different story for a different day.
0: Yes, places
1: I haven't been. <laughs> um, so where am I going with this? Okay, yeah. So I traveled for like two two years and change, and I came back to the United States in 2010. And at that point, I had been voluntarily unemployed for two years. I had spent down most of my savings. Um, I worked a little bit while I was traveling, but not much. Like, you know, maybe 10 to 20 hours per month, you know?
0: Okay. Were you writing or were you doing like working at a hostel? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Freelance writing. Okay. Um. So yeah, I worked a little bit while I was traveling, but not a ton. And I came back to the U.S. I had a few thousand dollars left um, that I used to like kind of resettle in. And and I thought to myself, I really don't want to work for an employer again. Um, I would l- once once I had that taste of not going into a desk job every day uh, and having that freedom, I wanted to maintain that. And so at that point, I was like, all right. What do I need to do? What should I do in order to maintain this? Um, So I I tried to amp up the freelance writing. And so unlike a lot of other people like you, you know, you were making enough money on the side to make the leap. I kind of moved back to the United States and wasn't making anything. So I was functionally in the position of a person who was unemployed. Well, right. well, I was in the position of a person who was unemployed, but instead of looking for employment, I just started building a freelance career.
0: Yeah, You created your dream job while you had the opportunity and no, and no responsibility and you're young and you're like a lot, like if people are listening to this that are in like college mm-hmm. and they haven't got their first real job yet yeah, and you know what you want to do or travel or whatever, then then a good route would be to go to your route. You don't where you don't need all this money. You're you can just build it from ground up and and follow your dream from the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's what I did. I, I built it from the ground up, and it's transitioned over time, right? So in 2010, I thought that my dream was to freelance, right? Because at that time, I didn't really really understand that you could make money as a blogger, or you know, I, I didn't know any of the stuff that I know now. I didn't have any real estate investments. Over time, like I've been self-employed since 2000, I've been unemployed since 2008, (laughs) and I've been self-employed since 2010. Over time, that self-employment, what I do day to day has really shifted. So in the beginning, it was freelance writing, and then later, it's moved more into blogging and then consulting and then coaching. And I find that I have to continually quit again and again and again and i'm actually going through that right now where like right now i'm still freelance writing and i i've been kind of grappling with this i don't remember Jay, if you and i have talked about this kind of off camera yeah yeah i think i think we have like i'm i'm freelance writing and but at the same time i want to create a real estate course for the readers of affordanything.com And the only way that I'll have time to create that real estate course is if I drop some of those freelance writing clients. And psychologically, that's very scary because, you know, I'm dropping a stable income source in exchange for a gamble. You know, I'm I'm dropping freelance revenue in exchange for having the time to create something which may or may not sell. Logistically, I can do it you know i i don't need the money this is all like beer money the mechanics of that decision are not hard but the psychology of that is incredibly difficult mm. so even when you do i guess the key takeaway is that even when you do quit your 9 to 5 day job you're not done quitting if you are self-employed you will quit again and again and again continuously as you drop clients drop projects outgrow certain opportunities and continue to scale up because anytime you scale up that necessarily means dropping other things
0: that's a good point i mean it's funny because the old me four or five years ago when i was naive and thought i was like oh i'm so cool i'm gonna go work for myself i was like i'm never gonna get another job right i don't want a boss well, guess what? Like, <laughs> you have instead of one main boss, you pretty much switch it for like a hundred little bosses, right? If no one reads my blogs anymore, I'm done, right? Yeah, listeners of this podcast. If you guys don't like this and listen to this, like, Paul and I can't podcast later on, right? Like, what's the point of like no one like you know, like, there's so you trade it, your clients, right? Like, if they want something, right? You have a deadline and you have to do it, and they're the boss, right? They're paying, so you do still have bosses, it's just a different kind. And so you can switch, like, yeah. If you let's say have ten clients writing, but you want to put out one kick-ass course on real estate, which, by the way, I think is awesome because our one podcast of of learning how to invest in real estate one hundred one, like I learned a ton from. Thank you. You know, so thank you. That that was like I didn't know any of that stuff. You know, so you in theory you can change ten bosses to like one, which is now your clients, or I guess a hundred little clients. You know, like Mm -hmm. the readers or the people that the course. But it's more of what you're trying to build, right? And, and more, it's like your passions change over time, right? Like I don't want to write, like I don't even r- like writing in general. Like I like getting ideas out, but I hate the process of writing. Mm. You know, I'm not naturally, I can't do it. And I was never a writer my whole life. So that's not my end goal. But the end goal was to like be in a community and like have fun and talk about money, right? Right. To your point, like you'll switch over time. You'll start projects. Either it'll fail and it'll, they'll fire yourself, you know, whether you'll be successful and then you got to quit less successful things. So, yeah, you're you're constantly, if you're doing it right, like iterating and, and following stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, like, I used to pride myself in working 16, 17, 20-hour days. I thought I was a, a huge hustler. And now, honestly, having kids and like wanting like a life again mm-hmm. – If I could work like five hours a day or even four, but still make enough to pay for expenses and stuff and to save some, like I would do it in a heartbeat. So my priorities over five years have changed. I was chasing the money and the hustling. And that's not as important as the ideal lifestyle. Mm. Now, in a perfect world, I'd still work four or five hours and make double the money. (laughs) (laughs) I figured I'm not that smart. Why just double? (laughs) Yeah. Why not a hundred times? Yeah. Yeah. you know, so but it's interesting because you could have honestly too, you could have written, I mean, I don't know what you're writing about before when you were a journalist, mm-hmm. but you could have been writing about politics or, you know, why grass is green, right? Mm-hmm. You somehow managed to get into the personal finance world. Yeah. Right. And then that online, the finance world versus the online world of, of grass. Right. Oh, it could be completely different. So you could have got a little lucky. I mean, I got lucky that I just happened to want to talk about money online. Yeah. If I talked about other things, I probably wouldn't have made anything. So you get lucky along the lines, too. And, um, you know, it's, if you can figure out what you're going for, I think it's smart.
1: I don't know. There's a niche for everything.
0: There is. Yeah.
1: A friend of mine the other day was telling me that he put out a, a video on YouTube about how to homebrew your own beer. And he gets, I mean, it's not much money. He gets like a hundred bucks a year from, you know, okay. advertising revenue for that. But I'm like, wow, dude, you could, you know, you could amp this up. Like you're getting a hundred dollars a year from one video. Okay. Let's make 300 more videos. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's a niche for everything. You know, we're not just making money because we talk about money. Honestly, there aren't that many people who want to hear about money. A lot of people don't like thinking about it. And so, you know, a lot of people would rather think about something that's more fun, like how to spin fire poi or how to.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, you can always go. Yeah. If you didn't care about. uh, I don't know how to say this without judging. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're very sexual and Uh you you like naked pictures, it's like the number one search thing, like billions of billions every day. Like, man, like, some, like, like the business side of me wished that, like, I would go down that route and make a killing, knowing what we know about building websites and stuff online, you know, like the whole, like, naked. Unique. new porn stuff I mean that thing is crazy right the Hugh Hefner right. Larry Flynn business model yeah right right I mean and honestly actually here's something funny like the reason my site's budgets are sexy was yeah. A Justin Timberlake had I'm bringing sexy back on at the time that's how old it is yeah um, and I was like oh I like that mixing like I don't know I just like that word sexy but then I honestly thought well a lot of people search for porn I bet you <laughs> that they're gonna find my site and they're gonna love it you know? <laughs> which is stupid that like top, thinking about budgets is the last thing you want to do if you're trying to like look for porn, right? <laughs> like, they do not go together. So like, I mean, I'm still glad I went with it because it's kind of catchy and I like it. You know, at least people will go once. Yeah. It, but like, not a very smart like strategy wise, and as far as that goes. Oh wow! <laughs> Actually, someone told me like to install something where if you were searching something for, I mean, this this you should see the search strands of what people are searching to get to my site. Like some, I can't even repeat. They are like, just, I I can't even think this way that some of them think about. Uh, But to like, like somehow capture that traffic and redirect them to like a porn site, but like get a cut for every person I send. Right. And I know there's ways to do that. You know, I don't want, I don't want to go down that route, but. The point is like there's some things you can talk about online and make a ton and then there's some that like it's just a little bit harder to do.
1: If you have angry letters, please send them to j (laughs) at (laughs) budgetsarsexy.com.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Now The funny thing with Jay Money is that a lot of people mistaken me for a rapper, which I don't mind because I rap is my favorite music, but I'll get like, hey, can I send you like my mixtape or something like that? You know, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Wrong wrong guy, but that's still cool, you know? <laughs> it, is a, it is a good rap name. It is. <laughs> oh, man. There is a J Money, too. Like, he got shot a couple times, but he, he always, like, shows up on the search. I think I'm number one in Google for J Money right now, which is cool. Cool. Uh, but, you know, if I ever do want to get to rapping, that, that could be cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, so there's a lot of ways that you can be self-employed, too. Like, obviously, Paul and I will talk about, like, you know, website stuff and online stuff and and real estate and investing. But there's other, you know, people start brick and mortar businesses. They sell, they build a product and then they sell a product online or offline. You know, people do services. That was another thing too, like passive income, right? Like when I first got started, like I thought passive income meant like, like if you were a freelance writer, I called that passive income. I'm like, oh, someone's going to pay me money to write, even though like you have to write, You know, Mm -hmm. like I even once said blogging was passive income, even though I spend 20 or 30, 40, 50, 80 hours a week. (laughs) You know, like it's funny how your brain doesn't really associate it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You will work hard when you're self-employed. But like if that's your dream to do something awesome or to travel or whatever. Right. You could do it for your lifestyle or you could do it because you want to make money and or be happy. There's like a lot of reasons to do it. But, you know, like the old me, I would have never gone out and got another job. Like, you know, like if I had to, I would. But like I didn't want to. And I was like poo-pooing on that, you know. Like, no, now I'm too good to go get a job because now I'm self-employed, right? And you see a lot of that online too because people usually talk about all the good stuff only. Right. But now, honestly, like if someone said like, Jay, I'm going to create the most perfect job for you in the world. You're only going to do the fun stuff. I'm going to pay you good money but you're going to have a boss and like a a paycheck – And you have to be a corporate man. I would do it if it made me happy. You know, I'll do whatever makes me happy and it clicks all the lifestyle things, I would do. So I don't really care as much anymore whether I have one boss or a million. You know, like to me, at the end of the goal, it's all about like your quality of life. You know, like obviously the things would have to line up. I'd have to get paid. I'd have to like figure out what to do with my projects, you know. But, but anyways, I'm just throwing that out there. Like you don't even have to do like one or the other and never go back and forth. Like I could have failed and got a full-time job and been just as happy, but this is the path that happened and I'm happy with this too.
1: And I think that's a really good point, you know, for the for the listeners who are contemplating whether or not they should quit their jobs. I mean, don't do it if you just have an idea, you know, test drive that idea, get that proof of concept, get some income coming in from that idea. Yeah. But once you have that established, I mean, remember, nothing is forever. So you could always quit your job give it a go, see what happens. And if it fails, get a job. Right. The worst that can happen is you're right back to the where you are now. Yes. You know? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And again, too, like there are some people that are very happy with their job, right? Like I know someone, he used to write for me and he's a great writer of money. Like I love him. And I'm like, oh, do you want to like start your business? Do you want to buy the blog for me? Do you want to build an online empire? Like I'm thinking like online business stuff, right? And he's like, yeah. Nope. I'm perfectly happy writing on the side. I'm perfectly happy at my job. Even when we talk about early retirement, yeah. he's like, I don't care about early retirement. I'm like, come on. I know. like, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's crazy. You know, he's like, no, like if I, if I had enough money that I, was, I could do whatever I want, I would stay at my job. Like he knows himself so well. So that's like a perfect example of someone who loves his job, mm, which yeah. is fine. It's great. Like that's the point is, again, to be happy, right? But there's people right. that are like him that do like their jobs, but then they hear, oh, Zuckerberg just made a billion dollars today, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go build the next Facebook or Google or, or I have this crazy idea, right? They, they do it because they chase like the vision, like the money, like the, mil- the, the chance of making millions of dollars on your side, which is fine to dream. But, but if you're already happy, like just weigh these back and forth like because the odds are obviously stacked against you for that. But like there's nothing saying like you have to go work for yourself, Figure out what makes you happy. And, you know, like my wife, for example, like right now is the perfect time for her to start a business. Like she's at home with the kids and she's applying for jobs. We already have a lifestyle. We can move anywhere in the world, Uh, you know, because I work online. She could do anything she wants. She can go back to singing if she wants. She could start her own blog. I could help her, right? Like she can do Mm -hmm. anything in the world. But what makes her happy, right? Which to me is crazy, but to her isn't. She's like, I just want a stable job. I want to go in, I want to feel productive. I want health insurance, I want this, and then I want to leave and not think about it and hang out with my family. like that's what she wants. like she wants a job that most people like like want to throw up about, you know? <laughs> you know? You know? but that's how she works, you know, and I'm like, this is crazy. Who are you? <laughs> oh Jay, you're on a roll today <laughs> <laughs> i don't I don't think she'll ever listen to this, but you never know. <laughs> Yeah,
1: you know, I gotta say, it's hard for me. To, I I agree with what you're saying. I'm sorry, I, my phone is making all these weird noises in the background. It's back, all your
0: you know? bosses contacting you. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. At the end of the day, you know, you pick the career choice that is going to make you happy. Like I I used to think that working at newspapers would was would make me happy. I. That was the reason that I went to go do it i I thought that I wanted a a forty year career writing for newspapers, and of course, then my plans changed and my like I learned more about myself and I also learned more about the newspaper industry and I realized that that was not what I wanted ah. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, once upon a time, I did think that uh where's I going with this? Oh yeah, but now it's just it's i even even if you offered me the perfect job, I don't think I could take it because I, I want to – for me personally, I want to own whatever it is that I'm working on. That ownership is very important to me. I want it to be mine. I want it to be my project.
0: Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before because like I remember like I – you know, when you're – when you have a blog, some people are like, oh, would you ever sell your blog? And, you know, you're on the thing of like, no, I wouldn't. That's like my home base. That's my right. baby, Right. And I used to too, but now I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I would. Like if you gave me like $10 million, like, yeah, like I could not turn that down. Right. Like that opens up like so many doors, obviously, (laughs) you know, so I, so I would for the, if everything aligned up. Right. And I guess it's hard to say too, because you don't know, like you could say it's a perfect world, but what does that really mean? You know, at the end. So what you're saying, you know, is good for people to hear because there's so many different ways to take it in. And, and when you, especially what drives me crazy when everyone assumes that everyone wants to work for themselves, you know, as if that was what, you know, it's actually with traveling too. Like I love travel. So I like, I don't understand mm-hmm. it all the way, but there are people that like, like I hate travel. I don't want to travel. So stop sending me articles on like how to travel the world for free and quit your job and travel mm-hmm. and, and do all this. Right. Like. Not everyone wants the same mm. things. You know?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's part of the reason that I decided to blog about money because when I was starting, when I began my blog, um, I consi- I actually registered two different domains. I registered affordanything. Well, a- at that time, it was afford-anything.com. And I also registered the domain globetrottingguru. <laughs>
0: I like your first one. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Um, and for like, I don't remember how long, weeks, maybe months. I wasn't sure which of those two to develop. I I knew that I was only going to have time. Like if I wanted to do it well, I could only develop one out of the two because that was how much time I had. But I was like, which one do I write about? Do I write about money or do I write about travel? Part of the reason that I decided not to become a travel writer was because um, my thinking was not everybody wants to travel, but... Everybody could be helped by figuring out their financial life because once you get the finance piece of your life figured out, then you can do whatever the hell you want. You can continue working. You can quit your job. You can travel. You can stay at home. You can buy – Eighty five thousand boxes of Twinkies, you know, like whatever you want to do, man, like you get your finances figured out and it opens up all the opportunities. And so that was at least part of the reason that I decided to go down that road. Another part of the reason was that somebody gave me the advice to write about what you love to read the most. And I, my favorite magazine has always been Money Magazine. Yeah. Even when I was like in high school, every other girl was reading like Cosmo or Seventeen. And I was like, ooh, Kiplinger. <laughs> 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 so uh, so that, that was the other part of the reason is, you know, I was like, well, I love to read about it. So I should start writing about it.
0: Isn't it weird? Paula, do you remember when we were on? Paula and I were on a podcast once and we were on a panel with the editor of Money. Was he the managing editor?
1: Oh, something. Yeah, Yeah, he was like the top
0: dog there. And we got to talk to him, which is cool. And um, I was debating whether or not to ask him about the, the future of print magazine because obviously he's not good but i did i remember getting it in there i forget what he said but he had a really good response that i'm sure it wasn't the first time he repeated it yeah but but it was funny yeah because i i'd read it too on and off and um it's cool i like it
1: how we should get him on the
0: show then i can ask him again i will get him when he's not working there and then i can get the real answers from him Mm. (laughs) (laughs) the juicy raw answers
1: all right. Well, I think we've covered... All right. So key takeaways for anybody who is listening, who is thinking about transitioning to a full-time hustle, don't do what I did. I like what you did. <laughs> well, thank you. I did it weird. You know, I quit my job. I, I didn't quit my job for the sake of becoming self-employed. I quit my job for the sake of just traveling. And I really didn't know what I was going to do after traveling. I just... At that point in my life, I just wanted to go see the world and nothing else really mattered.
0: Yeah, but see that that's what's important. So so there's people that think and dream and talk, and then there's people that do. Even people that do stupid crap, and I'm like, I can't believe that. Like I always give them credit for doing something they want to do regardless of the consequences, right? And obviously yeah. it's better to not do anything bad and, and to, you know, whatever. But you know what I'm saying? So like I think the takeaway for your stuff is like, well, with A, You and I were in different stages of life and age when we Mm -hmm. did stuff.
1: Yeah. Like I was trying to get the college, the poor man's college study abroad experience. That was what I was aiming for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Well, and and the the people listening, right, they're all different ages and stages. So like if you're in a job right now that you'd rather be doing something else, like my story and and my things are going to relate more. Whereas if you don't have a job right now, if you are unemployed or fun employed, as some people like to say, your path of creating your dream from the ground up right now while you have the opportunity is good, right I when I when I start as soon as you start working a nine to five, you can't just like st- I mean you start from scratch on the side, but it's not like you're going to quit your job and then start from scratch. So I think depending on who you're listening, unless you're me, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you you like yeah. when you know I'm, I guess I'm thinking of it when you came back to the states and you you had the option yeah. of getting a job or doing something of, on your own. Right. You chose to do your on your own, right. right? Which is not an easy decision, but I imagine if you already quit your job and traveled the world. You're already a little risk avert, like you already like did it a couple times, you know. (laughs) But still, it's still not like a non-scary thing. It's still scary to do that, right? Because there's always failure, you know. And so, so I like your path. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Oh well, thank you, thank you. It was it was very lean and scrappy for a a while, you know. And I I remember. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just I remember when I got my first client that regularly paid eight hundred dollars a month. And that was my first like regular client, regular monthly client. So it was like a guaranteed. Well, I mean, as much as anything could be guaranteed, it was like a stable eight hundred a month coming in. Okay. Count, you know, realistically count on. You would have thought that it was eight million a month for how excited I was, because like awesome. That was such a big thing when I was first getting started. I was like. Oh
0: my, eight hundred a month. Yeah. <laughs> well, and now, right? Like now, you can get paid eight hundred for one article. Yeah. Which you do, and sometimes more, sometimes less, of course. Yeah. So that tells you, like, even going back from the X number of years, starting out at fifty dollars. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people that in the blogging that that because a lot of bloggers will freelance for other bloggers. Yeah. That'll get paid like ten bucks an article, and then over time will move up. Um, but there are some people. I mean that get like 1000 thousand, two thousand $2,000 an article too. Right. So I guess what I'm saying if you're thinking of writing, know that you can always make more as time goes on and as you swap different clients and as you get better. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not, if you're like, oh, I only make like 20 bucks an article right now. Like I can't ever survive on this forever. Like it's going to get better as you get better. And smarter, and you know, you can get marketed and all that kind of stuff.
1: Right, right, exactly. And that that is where the constantly having to requit comes in. You know, because yes, like yes. at a certain point, you hit your maximum workload, and you're like, well, I just don't have the bandwidth to take on any more new clients, unless I drop my lowest paying clients and then raise raise my prices.
0: Yeah, I don't think you're still working with that client that paid you eight hundred a month, right?
1: <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm I'm not working with them anymore. But like, you know, it it is scary. Like, you have this client, you're su- and in 2010, you're super excited about it, and but then you outgrow the client, and that is that continual process of always quitting. I like it. There's a quote. There's one yes has to be defended over time by a thousand no's. <laughs>
0: wow. That's really good.
1: Yeah, that really resonated with me when I read it.
0: There's another quote that I heard. It said, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Ooh, I <laughs> Which like I like. That. That's like the worst thing that at least for me that I hate is making decisions. Yes. And when you work for yourself, you have to make a billion decisions every day. Small ones, medium ones, big ones. Right. And with this guy, Derek Sivers is his name, really successful guy online. He said like when he's trying to determine if he's if it's a hell yes, like he goes all in. But if it's a maybe or well, it could be good or it's good. He just says no right away. And it helps him go faster.
1: Ooh, I like that.
0: At some point, that's a good position to be in, you know.
1: Absolutely. There's this book that I uh, just finished reading. It's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. You know what? I can summarize the entire book in like 15 seconds. Every morning, ask yourself, what is the one thing that I could do today such that by doing it, everything else becomes easier or unnecessary. Yeah. And if you just ask yourself that focusing question every single morning, that's all you need. And then, of course, you ask it from multiple aspects of your life. Like, what's the one thing I can do today for business? What's the one thing I can do today for my relationships? What's the one thing I can do for my health? You know. So you apply it across like different verticals of your life. Right. But in each vertical, you're asking the focusing question.
0: I love that. It's a good book. You should put that in our show notes.
1: Ooh, yes.
0: <laughs> that Hint. way I can copy it too.
1: <laughs> Hint to our editor. <laughs> put this in our show notes. <laughs> See what we're doing right here? We're, uh, we're delegating.
0: <laughs> the one, yeah, that's right. We don't want to do it again. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully um, my voice is easier to hear on this microphone now that I did a little trick. <laughs> Hopefully... Sign up to Paula's emails, you're getting them now. Yeah. Don't ever ask her for two hours of your time.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you come to affordanything.com, you'll
1: actually start getting emails from me now. Sorry to the 2,000 people who didn't get that.
0: You know, and here's the thing. If you do have these in-depth questions, I mean, there's nothing saying that we can't talk about them on the podcast and, and you know, maybe have question day or something. Right. Free of charge and it'll give us some good banter and and real life examples. I mean, I think that's why most people, like, obviously people that are reading or listening to our stuff and any stuff out there, the the main, the only question that really they care about is how does this affect me positively? Right. Right. Like that's, you read anything, you're like, great, like now can I do something to improve my situation? You know, right. so, so we talk in theory and we, that's why we talk about our personal stuff too it's not just to say hey here's how much we have now right it's to say like hopefully this resonates or you can get little nuggets from it and, and apply it to your own situation now right. if you want to tell us your situation and, and we can talk about it it'll be exactly 100% towards you uh, so yeah so, so send in the questions or email us and um, yeah maybe we'll go that route perfect cool alright cool. Paula alright All right, everyone listening Keep doing good. (laughs) Have a good day, y'all.
1: Bye, J Money. All
0: right, later on, guys.
1: If you enjoyed today's episode, please go to iTunes and leave us a review and hit the subscribe button. We love you guys and we could not be a podcast without you. So thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it.